So I've been uh, asking the question, why be bold for the gospel? And in many ways, um, Judges 6 uh, gives some very interesting and useful answers to that question that I wanted us just to think about for a few minutes as we um, begin this evening. You see, um, Judges is uh, a time when um, there was desperate need and the people were revealed to be very, very weak. It feels to me very, very contemporary. And uh, Judges 6 is typical of that. It's the story of Gideon and it highlights a number of things that the Lord wanted to teach Gideon and through Gideon to teach us. Gideon is uh, called to be bold, first of all, because the need is very great. Um, the Amalekites, verse 4, camped on the land, ruined the crops all the way to Gaza, didn't spare a living thing for Israel and so on. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. And there is no doubt in my mind, and I don't think any of us should seriously question, that there is a real need for the gospel to have an impact on our, our land and on our city. I, I, I don't want to make the case too strongly because I think um, you believe it. But let me give, mention a few things that, that are specific to here. Half the city is sort of roughly this side of the river. And yet it only has a tiny proportion of the witness that there is in Oxford. So if, if Oxford is relatively well served with churches, there are never enough, but it's relatively well served. This side of the city is not well served. In fact, is no better served um, than, than, than many other cities that are relative spiritual deserts um, in, in this country. And like it or not, People don't always wander across to Summertown or the city or the, or the west or, or whatever. So gospel witness is weaker on this side of the city and there's real, uh, that, that's a real issue. Vast numbers pass through this, uh, this city and this part of the city um, and influence the world. We, just, we see that, I, I could rehearse it, but not only does this become a local focus of great gospel need, it is, it is a global focus of great gospel need because you, will, you won't go to a city in the world that does not have some of its leaders having had some, some significant interaction with Oxford. It's just, just the case these days. Um, and so what the, the spiritual temperature of Oxford and uh, by extension East Oxford is very, very significant. Um, first point then, Gideon is called to be bold for the gospel because the need is very great. That is established very strongly in the story. But then the story goes on. He can be bold because God is still speaking. The Israelites cry out to the Lord. Uh, could have talked about that. But... Um, Look at what, what God does. He sends a prophet. 
This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued from that, you from the hand of the Egyptians. I delivered you from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove you out before you and gave you their land. He rehearses the gospel as far as they are, uh, are concerned. And he, he sends a, go, a, a prophet to give those people the gospel. A gospel of his rescue, a gospel... Uh, of uh, conviction of sin. I said, do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened to me. And uh, he uh, chooses to speak here to bring people back to himself. And God is still speaking. New Testament makes that really clear. And he uses us. He uses his people. Be bold for the gospel then, because the need is great. Be bold for the gospel, because God is still speaking. Be bold for the gospel, says this story, because God loves to use weak people. Verse 11 to 16. The angel of the Lord came down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abiezrite, where his son Joe. Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press. That, that, that's significant. He's threshing wheat. You would need to go on top of a hill to thresh wheat so that you throw the grain up and the chaff goes, uh, uh, gets caught by the wind and uh, the grain falls. But uh, you go up on a hill and thresh, thresh wheat in those days and the Midianites would spot you and nickel your wheat and probably kill you. So he's doing the best he can in the wine press and hoping nobody notices him. It's hardly a picture of a confident man. He was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Big joke. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. No, he, he doesn't immediately respond very positively to that. He shows, actually, that he's extremely hesitant about God. Verse, th verse 13. If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us, he said. He's extremely hesitant about himself. Verse 15. Pardon me, my Lord, he says again. How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. And he, 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 he demonstrates that he needs massive encouragement. Verse 17, if now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. And you probably know the, the story of the rest of, uh, of, of Gideon's life. He needs sign after sign after sign. He begins by um, uh, cutting down an Asherah pole by under cover of darkness and running away and hiding. Um, but slowly, God works with him. God loves to use weak people. And I wouldn't blame you if you were sitting around here looking at these people and thinking, how on earth could we develop some certain significant plan? And, and the answer is, we cannot. If God is not with us, if God is not behind us, if God is not guiding us and directing us together, then we are wasting our time. So we as elders have gone away and we have prayed and we have sought the Lord's mind as, we're, uh, as best we can and we have, we have brought that to you. But we recognise that, 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 that recognising the will of the Lord is a corporate thing as well. That this is a moment for us to seek 
the Lord's mind together. Not examining ourselves and seeing what we are capable of doing. But actually examining the big gospel issues. Remembering who God is and honestly seeking to ask, what is our role in this? And if he calls us to do anything like the things that we've set out in the, our paper together, then he will both reveal our weakness and he will reveal his strength. That's what we can expect and we can expect that it to feel like that as we move forward. God loves to use weak people. And why? Well, a whole range of reasons, but there's a very interesting one in the story of Gideon. Because he loves to mature those people as he uses them. So I said, Gideon starts off extremely hesitant. Gideon starts off needing fleeces to be wet and dry and all sorts of rubbish like that. And then he gets to a stage where he's a reasonably competent warrior and God says, actually, you've got far too many people. I need to cut, cut it right down so that you only have a few people to go out and deal with my enemies. What, what is God doing? God is maturing him. And one of my pastoral reasons, really strong pastoral reasons, why I want to, 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 to at least set a bigger picture and a challenging vision before, before us, is because churches and individuals grow as they grasp that vision. You aim for nothing, you achieve nothing, and you end up being a spiritual baby. Actually, if we say, let's go for it, whatever that is, and I'm not necessarily commending precisely this plan to you at the moment, there may be adjustments that we need to do. But if we, as we examine the Lord and the needs, and, and sense the Lord's Spirit saying, let's go for it, and if we go for it, you will be a different person in five and ten years' time. You will. And this church will be a different place in five or ten years' time, whether we like it or not. Why be bold for the gospel? In the end, perhaps it's wrong to say in the end, one factor is your maturity depends on it. Your spiritual vitality depends on it. So, I want us to pray about that really seriously. I want us to seek the Lord's will. I want us to start to consider what the Lord may be setting before us. And I am completely unabashed um, about recognising that presently um, we're not there. And with only human resources, we won't get there. Because I'm a pastor. And pastors seek to tell you about God, not design business plans. Let's pray, can we?